up to another good, good morning, time to go my valentine oh my god welcome back to the three by five live podcast on this podcast we talk about mindset mindfulness productivity everything self-development today in honor of valentine's day we're talking love listen to you you sound like like one of those like 1950s like radio hosts we're talking about love so a book that had a big impact on us and i think other people as you um you're entered into serious relationships or marriage was five languages of love. Nope. It's called the the love like five love languages. Five love languages. Wait. Yes. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> so recently Jesse stumbled upon Jay Shetty's new book mm-hmm. entitled Um Eight, Eight Rules. Eight, Eight Rules, Rules of, of love. love. Yes. And Jay Shetty Shetty wrote the book, Think Like a Monk, that was very popular a few years back. Uh, and so I love diving into this topic personally. Um, I'm always trying to be better in this arena. I promise. (laughs) So I think we can glean so much insight if we actually practice and study to become better partners, to become better in this love category, which is obviously beyond important as we walk through this world. And it, it's one of our main pillars of, of happiness, right? So we talked about um, the like pillar exercises that you can do or the like wheel of life exercises you can do and relationships is always a really big one. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with Valentine's Day, there's a flip side of Valentine's Day where sometimes it can feel like very lonely and like you can feel very depressed that you're not in a relationship or a coupling. But I want us to think a little bit today about relationships outside of just romantic relationships and what love can mean for us in other aspects of our lives as well, not just with a partner or a spouse or a boyfriend in that scenario, but how can we look at love outwardly and in a different kind of larger capacity? And so one of the things that I loved about Jay Shetty's book, and I'm only going to cover kind of two sections that- Two rules. Two rules, yeah, out of the eight. spoke to me, but all of them are really, really great. But the first one and something that I really liked was the rule number one was embrace being alone. And this was something that um, I think a lot of us recognize and people may say how important it is for us to take time in our journey to really figure out what how we tick and who we are and what makes us happy and what are we passionate about. And in order to become a good partner or somebody who can be in a relationship, that's kind of a necessary first step. And for a lot of us, there's pressure from a very young age to be in part of a couple, right? So the level of our happiness seems to be attached to another person. And so sometimes we can enter into relationships at a really young age that we are forced to then grow and change and figure out who we are while we are in that relationship. And it becomes that dependent relationship. Yeah, it can cause codependency and and, and maybe, you know, some, some unhealthy behaviors within that relationship. And so he talks about even if you're in a relationship, that the embracing of being alone within a relationship is just as important as if you're single. And what that means is finding time for solitude, finding time for self-reflection, finding time for self-growth, being able to get on a trajectory that feels really great for you as a person. Giving self-love, self-compassion, the saying like you can't love somebody else until you love yourself. We've talked about this you know, a thousand times and how true it is that you can't be your happiness. You can't find happiness 
within somebody else. You can't challenge somebody to be that person who is responsible for your happiness. It does. It is an intrinsic thing that needs to come from within. So I like this reminder and Brian, you can, I mean, you can oh, yeah. speak to solitude all day long, but yeah, solitude has been a huge game changer in my life. Um, ever since I, I found ultra and I've spoken about solitude on this podcast many a times and just that the time that I have by myself, I figured out and learned so much about myself, spending hours upon hours in the woods, just with my thoughts. And I mean, Jesse can always see it too. When I come back from those long stints of solitude, like I just, there's, there's this little light in my soul that is just feeding into Jesse where I'm just like this happier, more vibrant me, because I figured out a little bit of, bit of me that now I'm bringing back to be there more for Jesse. And I think a lot of people find this when they go on retreats or, you know, meditation retreats, those types of things, just being by themselves, going deep by themselves, and then coming back to their family and being able to pour more into their family. And Jay talks about in this book, how it's kind of a lost art and the idea of like boredom. Um, we very rarely are bored anymore. Mm -hmm. And if you think about kids, I look at with my own kids, like, you know, I am with them all day long because I'm homeschooling right now. And there was at the beginning, this, this big motivator, because I was a classroom teacher for so long for me to be responsible for their entertainment. I always was like setting up things for them to do. I was always giving them ideas of what to do next. And I've recognized, especially being down here in Florida, where we have no toys. None of our toys are here. None of their things that they usually have. And when they're left to their own device, how they create and, you know, make up opportunities for them to do something independent. And that independence and that creativity is something as adults, we fill our time so much with distractions. And so think about that idea of embracing boredom, because during that boredom is when you have those moments of peace where you actually can look inward and figure out some things about yourself. You can journal, you can, you know, read a book that helps support a certain, you know, a journey that you're you're going after or a north star that seems like interesting to you and so i challenge you to be bored and, mm -hmm. and try to find those moments and when we do that then we're a better in a partnership because then we have a solid foundation of what we're looking for in somebody and how their personalities might not be exactly like ours but how they can complement what we are interested in what those parts of ourselves that we really do love and and you know the shiny parts and the prickly parts yeah, no, exactly. So rule number one, embrace being alone. Um, rule number eight, which I know I'm I'm fast forwarding quite a bit, but this last one I really, really love too, because I think so often when we think about love, the pressure is to be in relationship with another person romantically. And we put romantic love on a pedestal. And really, if we're going to quantify love and the impact that it can have on a community or a country, we really have to look at opportunities for love that are out, out of that outside of that romantic right. pedestal type of love. And so um, I don't know if you want to talk about like our kids and like that type of love. Yeah. I mean, if you think about your children, it's just like people are like quantify the amount of love you have for your kids. And that's just like unquantifiable. Mm -hmm. So you can't really put a number. You're like infinity. I love them so much. I mean, uh, you know, take all the love in the world and times that by infinity. And that's how much I love my children. Mm -hmm. Well, then if you truly love your children that much, then you should love the school that is impacting your children that much. And you should then love your local neighborhood and your neighbors who are interacting with your kids. Then you should love your city. Then you should love your country. All these things that have this ripple effect down to your children and are going to impact your children, you should be pouring love into if you love your children that much. So it's just spreading this love out. 
Yeah, to yeah, to other people. I mean, he talks about Jay Shetty talked about like a Zen story. We have those cute little books with the panda bear. Uh, I forget yeah. what they're called. Um, Zen shorts is there one of go. them. Yeah, they're so sweet. And they're like little parables or whatever. But he tells this story of a Zen story where um, a teacher was in a classroom with a group of children and she said to them, What would you rather do? Would you rather give one person one hundred dollars or one hundred people one dollar? And the kids were like, I don't really know. It kind of seems like the same thing to me. It's both a hundred dollars. And she talked about how it should be, or the answer should be, give a hundred people one dollar. And it's not just because of the idea that you're like giving something, you know, to somebody else. It's the idea of you're practicing the transaction of being a giver and not a recipient. And so a lot of times when we think about love, we're always looking for um, somebody to give us love or show us love, to be the recipient or the receiver of love. And so what if you shifted your focus to always wanting to be the recipient to how can you then be the giver? And this isn't just opportunities where it's with your family or your your you know romantic partner. It's you're at work and you have an interaction with somebody as you're walking in. A lot of times we think about we leave the house and then we don't have to show love for the rest of the day. We kind of like hold it in so that when we get home, we have love for our, our families. And it's like, that's the place where we show love. But what if you could do this in other places outside of that family unit at the grocery store when you're in line showing love by having a conversation and really listening and being invested in another human being think about it from being a giver instead of a recipient and another way to phrase that too is we practice yoga we practice gratitude we practice mindfulness and we don't really think about practicing practicing love and it's a it's a practical way to practice love through that story of hey i'm going to give a hundred dollars out to practice this art of love mm -hmm. to others. Right. And so that idea of love is everywhere. I mean, he even talks about, I love this quote so much where he was talking about, Jay Shetty was talking about Martin Luther King and the love of his country. I mean, we don't think about these great romantic love stories. We think of like, you know, Romeo and Juliet and these fictional right. kind of interpretations of what love is. But really when you look at these, these moments in history or these beautiful outpourings of love and support for other people, those are actually true love stories. And if you open your eyes and kind of put those glasses on of when am I looking for these opportunities to see this and highlight it and how can I then be a part or contributor to that I think it's it's a totally different spin on what love is yeah so love is everywhere embrace being alone those are the two two whoa, two two <laughs> two rules two rules we're gonna cover today there are some other great nuggets in this book yeah. I highly recommend that you check it out um He's done a couple of podcasts about it too. And I know that there's some YouTube and his website has some awesome information and resources as well. But thought that talking about love today in honor of Valentine's Day, and if you are in a romantic relationship, don't forget to show that person love. But if you can also turn that outward to all the other interactions that you have with other human beings and show that love as well, I think the world would be a little bit of a place on Valentine's Day this year. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> all right, Until care. next week. See ya. See ya. We are all